0: Welcome to the High Performance CEO Podcast. This show is made with one purpose, to help you create a self-driven and engaged high performance organization, where we deliver you proven strategies and expert interviews on how to drive significant profit growth, create a stress-free ownership culture, and give you the time freedom you always wanted from your business. And now, here's your host, highly sought after business growth strategist and executive coach, Patrick Rogers. All right. welcome to the High Performance CEO podcast, where we discuss how to create a self-driven and highly profitable high-performance organization. This is Patrick Rogers, your host, and today we have the privilege to have Steve Benson on the show. And Steve is the CEO of Badger Mapping. Uh, welcome to the show, Steve.
1: Hey, Patrick, thanks for having me on. Excited to be here.
0: Absolutely, man. So, uh, so, so a little bit about Steve. Steve lives in Salt Lake, Uh, Started Badger Maps in 2012. Before that, Steve held various sales manager roles in in companies you may have heard of, like Google, IBM, Autonomy. So definitely a a solid resume of of sales management experience. And uh, Steve also hosts his own podcast called The Outside Sales Talk and uh, is also the president of the Sales Hall of Fame. So again, Steve, great to have you. You know, you have some significant experience uh, that has led you, obviously, to where you are today. You're out there getting it done, hustling. Um, You know, before we dive into the meat of our journey, of your journey with Badger and all the good nuggets to share, I always like to have an icebreaker. What's, uh, What's one interesting fact that not many people know about you?
1: Not many people know about me. Um, I feel like i have always spilling my guts in interviews and uh there's not a lot that's unknown. But uh I guess <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know that I I, uh, I just became a father here in uh, 2022. So awesome. uh, I have I now have a, a nine month old little girl.
0: Oh, congratulations. That's fantastic, man. I uh I I won't I won't embarrass you by asking how old you are, but you know I'm I'm on the total other side of the fence, man. My kids are just, I empty nested last year and uh, I am going to live vicariously through you, brother.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I through you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, yeah, I mean, those years are just, it's just magical. So congratulations, man.
1: Thanks. I appreciate it. It's a, it's a fun, it's been a lot of fun so far.
0: Yes, it is fun and sleepless nights. Are you, are you about that? Are you at that stage right now or how's, how's she doing?
1: Ah, uh, she sleeps pretty well, but uh, yeah, we're teething now, so there's a nah. there's off at a. Few, yeah, she probably only woke me up like five times in the middle of the night last night. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's we're doing cool, we're doing great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, well, cool, man. So, so uh, again, congrats. So, Steve, t- tell us a little bit about your journey, right at Badger Maps, and 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 you know how you got to where you your company is today.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess, uh, I started Badger. My last role was at, was at Google on the sales side, working with, uh, working with the Google maps product line. And so I was coming across this, the problem that field salespeople have uh, in the field of managing their customers, managing their territory, figuring out what, what their route is, that sort of thing. So I was very exposed to the problem just because, um, people were were coming to Google asking us to solve it, but Google makes the underlying mapping software. They don't right, make right, end right. to end, you know, sure. they don't, they don't they, they don't, they don't do things like this. Right. Um, and uh, so I kind of saw the opportunity and, and I, I knew a bunch of the people that would, would want it. And, you know, mm-hmm. big pieces of sales of field sales companies aren't, uh, aren't hard to find, right. It's, industry, it's just, you know, field sales is real big in certain industries. Like, pharmaceuticals uh, med device construction um, but really you know everything that gets sold on main street often was delivered past the hands of a field salesperson to get to that final store Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, so I was was familiar with the problem and familiar with the, the the people that had the problem and I was also familiar with the 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 building blocks that you would use to build a piece of software like this because of my time at Google working, working with the mapping stuff. And so, um, I was in a good position to, to kind of set out to solve the problem. Um, and so that's kind of how we got into it. Uh, you know, now it's, that's 11 years ago now. And, uh, you know, we, we're like a seventy-five person company at this point. Uh, we've got offices in Europe and offices wow. in Asia, and then uh, the American, the American uh, divisions based in Salt Lake.
0: Oh, very cool, man! Congrats. So, so seventy-five people. Uh, are you comfortable sharing uh, about where your revenues are per year?
1: Yeah, we're doing uh, five point five million in uh, in MRR. I'm sorry in ARR and uh, big difference there just 12 12x <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 5.5 yeah, million in ARR and growing like 30% a year in in 2022 we grew
0: 30%. Fantastic man. So um what has been in how long ago go the company been around for
1: 11 years and it's and it's years. a bootstrapped company we we did okay. we did a yeah. small seed round real early on and there was some founder some founder money. I, I had some, some, uh, my, my savings to put into it, but, uh, but it's, we, we never had professional investors in the business.
0: So again, congrats, man. It's, it's, it's awesome to talk to CEOs who, who, you know, working for the man in corporate America saw a need, right. And, and actually had the balls to, to step out and do it.
1: Thanks. I, I appreciate that. It was definitely uh, there, there's good things and bad things about leaving corporate America. You know, <laughs> health, in, health insurance is great. Salaries are great. You know, and Google was, uh, you know, certainly a very comfortable place to, to work. I mean, they've got a, obviously a fantastic business. Um, so that definitely uh, definitely standing, stepping out into the cold to uh, to, to try to build something. But, it, you know, it ended up working out this time.
0: Yeah, you bet. So, so when you think about and kind of look back, you know, I always like to to dive into what do you think were the you know the keys to your success as you as you were building your company. I mean, we all know CEOs as we do that. There's just so many struggles. There's so many times that we hit walls and things like that. And we'll dive into that a little bit more. But what do you think are were your keys to success in 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 building uh, Badger? It's a
1: good question. I mean, I think. You know, one of the most important things is is picking the right direction early on. And I think that a lot of times when people start a company, they don't talk to the end users enough, the people that you think are going to purchase and actually pay for mm-hmm. your stuff. Mm-hmm. And and actually, well, and sometimes it's tricky because the people that purchase it are different, the people, different from the people that are going to use it, right? Sure, and so right. talking to both of those groups of people a lot more than you think you should, it, I think is a really valuable exercise and and having the sales background Mm -hmm. makes that easier, right? Because you can lean on your network to some degree, but you know, if you make software for, you know, I don't know, accountants in the pharmaceutical industry, there's a, your network's only going to take you so far. You need some sales skills to kick in the door and actually get people interested enough in what you're doing to jump on the phone and kind of chit chat with you about the the space and what they need and what where they hurt and what you could do to to fix it should you build it and 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 doing Mm -hmm. that a lot really Mm -hmm. keeps the the ship pointed in the right direction because i think it's easy Mm. if you don't do that to to end up five degrees off of where you should have but you know if you've been sailing five (laughs) degrees in the wrong direction for a long enough time every single
0: time yeah yeah
1: it's it's a long it's a big course correction and a lot of the stuff you did was was throw away and Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I think that was one big mm. that, that that was one big advantage of having the sales background and of course a lot of those people become your early customers which is what allowed us to bootstrap was that um, you know we, we had a lot of people that were willing to pay for this even in a pretty basic form early on so knowing how to you know actually extract uh, value from or give give enough value to, to, to customers that you can extract revenue from them is uh, <laughs> early on for for a product that's you know, kind of wobbly is an sure. important, is an important yeah. skill. And, and, you know, software is always wobbly for, for, for five years or so. I mean, depending on how many, how many, how complex the problem is and how many engineers you have to throw at the problem, um, how funded it is. But we were, we were pretty wobbly until 2017 or so. Um, so about five years.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, the importance of keeping close contact with your market, continuing that market research, identifying what your value proposition is that you bring not only in the beginning when you set up the company, but like you said, you know, checking in on a routine basis to make sure your course correction is on because things change, people change, industries change.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, and, Hey, uh, apologize. We didn't really kind of dive into what uh badger maps does. Right. I, uh, you know, what's mm-hmm. if you would kind of share with the audience, what the software does uh, the benefit value, all that.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, Badger Maps is a product for people that work in the field, primarily field salespeople is our ideal customer. Yeah. Um, but people in a variety of field activities will use yeah. us, um, certain types of trucking operations or delivery sure. operations, certain types of um, uh, field service activities. Uh, but effectively what we do, uh, let's just take the field salesperson because that's the most the, the largest use case. Sure. Um, they will integrate with their CRM or wherever their data lives. You know, it could be a homegrown database, could be a yeah spreadsheets, who knows? But it, people different companies keep their data all, all over depending on the size and industry and things like that. But we connect to that customer data and we bring it into our in our environment where they can then work with their customer data in a map-based environment. And um what that what if what a salesperson is able to do with that is kind of figure out, who they should focus on given the constraints of where they physically are at. So this is for people mm-hmm. that are actually going to a place. Maybe there's some kind of cadence at which they have to go to that place. Maybe it's just based on how important the customer is or how much perspective, uh, you know, projected value is gonna be from that customer. But they, they have a lot of decisions to make about how they're spending their time. Right. What do they have to do? Which, wh- what do they wanna do? You know, yeah. ver- Versus where there are opportunities in the future that they're trying to, to balance? And every salesperson has to do this. And figure out kind of where where am I going to spend my time how sure. am I going to spend my time and what in what order what's the schedule Best value of, of my time yeah yeah what's and, and and that yields a schedule and a route and uh you know okay so now that I have made these decisions here's the route that I'm going to be taking this week I'm going to go here to these 10 places on Monday and these eight places on Tuesday and 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 so the goal is to get people organized focus on their most important customers, give them a way to collect data in the field that goes back to their CRM. That's a a pain point as well. A lot of CRMs are really set up to be working at a laptop as opposed for, you know, for someone running around with an iPad or a, or a phone. Right. Um, So that's, that's uh, so mobilizing their technology, I guess, is and bringing it to the field is often a big part of what we do because it's a two-way integration, right? Real time. So like you know, if, if they gather information, it goes back to the CRM. if they if, if put if, some, if something new ends up in the CRM, it shows up in our system. And uh, and so really, it's it's about enabling the field sales team with technology and uh, you know helping helping this already mobile team get access to technology. Mapping, routing, scheduling, being organized, uh, decision making, stuff like that. So it's really a, a field sales tool.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I know you and I had talked about it. The the company that I used to was a district sales manager for EcoLab. They're they're a, a big user of your product. And you know, coming from someone where I spent you know whatever eight years in in the field in sales before I became manager, a tool like that would have absolutely. Uh, helped me, and, and and back then, you know, you're looking if you're if you're a motivated sales rep, you're looking for every inch you can get to to have an edge, right? To to be more efficient, and uh, that definitely is the tool that I would have utilized if it was available for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, well now now it's available for the people that came after you over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> very cool yeah it's it's funny when i talk to people that used to work in field sales they're like do you know how many hours i used to spend like figuring out my route and like figuring out how to focus on like i'm all Um, i know i'm going i have to go out to this suburb at 2 p.m tomorrow what what does that mean yeah from from that like in terms of like what how do how how should i design the rest of my day oh this Mm -hmm. guy just canceled but i so i have an hour and a half before i have to drive 10 minutes over here like what said you over what should I do around here in the meantime? Like, should I? Yeah, many totally. Are there, you know, prospects I can drop in on? You know, the geographic intelligence for people that are actually out in the geography, yeah, out in right. the field, is is right. really valuable.
0: I mean, I mean, what a great product. I, I, you know, the thing is, is when I first, uh, you know, when I first got into sales, we were using, was it Thomas guides? I Thomas think it was. Guides, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, Tom- I, had, I had them too. I had that in the Rolodex sitting in the, in yeah. the passenger seat. Driving yeah, exactly. Around like- <laughs> <laughs>
0: we didn't even have, you know, you know, internet on phones back then. There was. No, that, you know, no iPhone was what? 2007. So we were, <laughs> no, I would, I would
1: call my, I would get lost and call my uh-huh. mom and yeah. I would talk and my mom would go on MapQuest on the computer and like <laughs> right. talk me through like, okay. Oh, and then you're going to come to, you you, you want to go West on this until you hit this, then you go North That's and you're right. going to hit this highway. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> the kids today, cool. they don't, they don't know how good they have it.
0: <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Internet, man. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, except if you're an area in the country where there's no coverage, which I'm in the s- Southern Oregon. So there's a lot of times where I would still lose coverage, even, you know, a few years back, but, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's yeah. gotten better and better. And it's, but it's regional. It's like this carrier really does a good job here, so, but no other carrier does. And then this carrier does a good yeah, job over so. here, but no yeah, one else does.
0: Totally. Totally. So, you know, when we were talking about what, you know, some of the topics to dive into, you know ask you know what what's your authority you know as a CEO and kind of the real value that you UVP that you bring and, and as the CEO and also specifically in sales um we talked about how to drive sales in companies and and some other things you know we'll dive into but you know if you were if you were a CEO up and coming and and you or you know up and coming CEO looking to grow your company and you wanted to boost your sales what would be some of the areas that you would, you know, say focus on?
1: Well, I guess um, it it depends on what stage you're at and where things are going. I mean, if you if you're trying to get your first ten companies, it's different than trying to grow from, you know, fifteen to twenty five million, right? Right. And um, you know, I think in general, it, everyone needs to be focused and focus on their ideal customer profile and really. Figure out where you can get meaningful traction in the as, the fastest, easiest way. I think everyone should always. It's always worth rethinking that. And and uh, you know, because it because it's depending on your industry, a lot of times you can sell stuff to lots of people, but it, you know, it's it really sells fast to the right people. The right people see it and they're like, "Oh, holy cow, I need that." There's a ton of value there. And you know, it's that that whenever you can focus on those groups, it's better. Where and you know, so it's you want to think about well who where am i getting traction where am i getting success who am i selling to what's their sub industry what is the size of this company what's the buyer profile is there some geographic component here that's important mm. um mm. you know is it is it canadian trucking companies i'm really kicking butt with, butt with well then let's figure out who all those are and figure out who else has those same types of rules that makes them made them need us you know yeah, um, so it's
0: almost like looking at pumpkin plan type stuff and and really diagnosing where are we getting the most profit? Where are we getting the most sales, the most value in our target, target avatar? Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. And making sure your sales team is aligned around that. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Like really figuring out who that, who that target avatar, who that ideal customer profile is. It, are, are most of the listeners or are, are they often in a certain industry like technology or something or no, is it really all, all over the it, board?
0: Yeah, it's really all over. It's a great question. I mean, most most of the most of our target, uh, or not target, most of our audience is, you know, uh, leaders, managers, um, and CEOs between like a million to to twenty million seems to be where
1: most people are at. Okay, but but in lots of different industries, not in all market. kinds of industries, man. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, um, so yeah, I mean, I, and it, so I think that that advice kind of holds true for for most people it is is uh, it, you know and. and And, and not, and, and all those elements are important. Like what's the industry, what's the geography, are there geographies where my, the, the, the cost to acquire customers just doesn't make, doesn't pencil out. Like, you know, for a lot of software Mm -hmm. companies, for example, it's really hard Mm -hmm. to go after Europe. It's like our software works there just as well as it works in America, but 10% of the, we get 10% of the sales there that we would get in America or less. I don't even know, but is that right? Interesting. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's not as easy a place to, to, you know, technology gets adopted more slowly at, at the enterprise level there, I think is my only guess as to what's going on. But, um, the the cost of acquiring a customer is very high there. And so, you know, it's marketing there. You just, you'll get a lower yield. Your salespeople will have longer sales cycles and, you know, really the product, a lot of times your price that you would charge in America doesn't doesn't pencil out over there, but then by then you're, but it's too expensive then. Right. So it's, it's, it's just a tougher environment, I think. Um, Whereas once something's been around for a while, like I think Salesforce, for example, some company that's been around for, you know 20 years selling software sure. they they uh, they'll do better like CRMs are being would be adopted over there but like newer stuff maybe it's harder anyway point being think about what geographies are really working for you you know like for us Australia we just sell a ton of software because Australians they love maps they take a lot of geography courses when they're in grammar school I've asked them about this I'm like why do you guys buy <laughs> so much of my stuff like like literally they buy yeah. like Australia buys as much as all of Europe and wow. it's just like, what's and, it's, and we're not marketing there either it's just they're finding us because because they love maps and I asked why do you guys love maps so much and they're like well we yeah we have a lot of geography classes and stuff when we're growing up and I think Australians yeah. it's, a, it's a big country and sure they teach yeah. us how to use maps and so I think right. we think about they, they just they, we think about things in terms of like maps and so when we go to solve these problems we kind of quickly realize this is a problem better solved on a map, and so we want the map, and we know, and so then we go and look for it, and we found you. And I'm like, okay, well, that that answers my question, but you know, it's it's it makes it so I, I know that Australia is a good place for us to try to do business, whereas it's it's a lot harder to sell. You know, Italy's a bigger com- a country with sure. a bigger economy, but you know, uh-huh. it's it's hard, even just you know, it's a lot harder to sell software there. So yeah, anyway, interesting dichotomy. That sort of thing I think is really important to to success and and getting from one to five and five to ten and ten to twenty. And um it's it's hard, it's harder to go after a bunch of different ideal customers at the same time. Um and uh, you know, so that that's that's something to keep in mind. Is if you can it's good, it's good if you can win in one place and and really do well. And that's something that we have to make a lot of trade-offs on because our a lot of people work in the field and have and then our our product solves their problems but we can only really market to one so we go with field sales even though you know like your whole team at eco labs like they're they're not really salespeople at all really they're doing they're, but they're field they're field doing field, search. yeah they're field technicians and and they yeah. need they need it too but um i'm not sure how we how they found us but uh <laughs> But that yeah. it, 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 they're not i They're they're outside of RSCP, but sure, we, sure. we need to we need to we, we we work with them as well. Obviously, so it's I guess that's knowing where to draw lines and where to focus on, and and, and where you're going to get a good, you know, CAC to LTV, uh, you know, cost of acquiring a customer to the yep. lifetime value yep. of that customer yep. Yep. ratio. No, you know, thinking about that and and really spending your money where it's you're going to get the highest return. I think is is really, you know, a key to. Uh, key to to success, as well as identifying who the high value customers are, right? Like some, some, in some, some certain, some mini profiles, like this type of company in this industry, they're just going to be the, they're going to have the best retention rate. They're going to the shortest Mm -hmm. sales cycle. They're going to be the easiest to upsell to. And, um, you know, over time, those high value customers often make up a majority of your revenue anyway. So, but it's good to go after them first.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could definitely resonate with all that as when I was sales manager, um, back at, back at Ecolab Nalco, that was, um, you know, you'd have a few sales reps that were just not really aligning with the, the core, uh, you know, we could get one client and probably put as much work into, uh, it takes about as much work to sell a large client as a smaller client, maybe a little bit more, maybe, you know, uh, but the revenue is five, six, seven times as much. And so, uh, really aligning that force and and doing training getting getting your guys the best guys on your team to to help the guys who are maybe guys or gals who are maybe not optimized uh you know get them in that direction so so we had talked before about um you know uh, how as a sales manager too some some things that as a CEO things that you can do to help your sales management team even be more effective and drive sales uh, uh, would you like to dive into that a little bit
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the the most important thing you can do as a CEO or a, a you know a VP of sales, anyone who, mm-hmm. depending on the size of your company, right, um Sure. Yeah. You know, the CEO is more and more involved in sales, or less and less as you get bigger. But even, even I think it's important to even at a larger company that the sales, the 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 leadership, uh, the CEO or or whoever's you know if if you've kind of some at some companies you have a CRO kind of taking over the the revenue side of the business because sure. often, you know, if the CEO is more technical in, in our industry, for example. But whoever's at the top and sitting in the C suite um and it, it involved in sales, and it should I, I think it's best if it's the CEO, really, but um mm-hmm. they they should they they should stay involved to some degree in the sales process and and parachute in for to help with deals, you know, give executive air cover. Um and uh, I forget where I, hear, where I heard this story, but it was about uh, Mark Benioff, who, you know, obviously Salesforce is a massive business at this point, but he still shows up at the big important customer meetings. Right. Um, and uh, so some, someone talked about running into him in the halls, you know, a, a customer they were trying to sell something to in Chicago, but it was like a big company. I forget what it is, Boeing or something. And yeah. um, and uh, bump it into him in the halls over there. And uh-huh. it's like, yeah, well, he's still, he's still meet, you know, that's probably a $20 million a year deal. So he's, he, you know, he, he, he flies in for that. Yeah. He flies, he fly, I'm sure he flies private, but he still flew in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, so I think that's one thing that you can do as an executive is really stay involved in the sales process. I I talk to every one of our salespeople once a month, so I'm not involved in their you know i don't i don't i don't go to their team meetings i don't go to their um you know every weekly meeting or every you know with their one on ones with their manager but once a month i i have a a 15 minute sit down with with every uh every single sales rep uh, just wow. to get a feel for what what are the what what deals they have going on what what where, where are they running into problems yeah, uh, sure. what, what do they need? What, you know, what, how are these deals progressing? How's everything going? Like projections and just covering really helps me keep uh, my fingers on what's going on in the business where the rubber meets the road, right? Well, Which is what your sales man. team.
0: Yeah. So, so you're not their boss, you're not their manager, but as the CEO, you're taking 15 minutes a month just to have that touch point and just to let them know that it's still high visibility. You're still involved. You're still rooting for them. What can we do to help you be more successful?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And and that probably means a lot to them.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I'm also trying to enable them, right. It's figuring out, you know, Oh, what, we could really use a resource like this to talk about this competitor and how we compare that with them, or this type of analysis. And then I, you know, I can go to the mm. marketing team and, and say, "Hey, we need this for these guys. Uh, can you guys put together something like that?"
0: Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, g- good stuff. And, and and the last one you had had said, you know, specifically around sales, it, which I would love to know as a CEO is is how you clone your best reps, man. That that just that stuck out to me. So I'd love to hear. Yeah, uh ready set go
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely so so I uh I uh, I actually give a whole a whole talk on on how to clone your best reps, but it's okay. uh that to to bring it down to its essence yeah, you identify who's good at what in your organization um like who on your sales team specifically in this case uh you know and and write down all the things that you would want. To be successful at your company as yeah, a salesperson, sure. what are the what are the skills that you would need? Like maybe you maybe your company it's really important that they are able to generate new business and like do prospecting well. Maybe it's a super competitive industry and in some mm. and not everyone's the best fit for you, and so qualifications right. really important. Or maybe mm. negotiation is really important because it's a highly negotiable product in terms of what it costs. Anyway, anyway, you write down the brainstorm with the VP of sales and some top sales people on the team, like what real, what does it really take to be, uh, you know, great in sales at this company. And, and then you write that you, you plop that across the top of an Excel spreadsheet, like each characteristic, like negotiating on this, uh, in this nature, uh, qualify qualifying deals like this, and then write all your, your sales reps names down the, the left-hand side of the sheet and hmm. rank all your sales reps, by on their skills in all these different areas, right? And you can ask around if you don't know. I mean, as a sales manager, you should really kind of know, but like sometimes you're going to have to ask yeah. around. You could even yeah. throw together a quick Google survey and sure. be like, "Hey, you know, click the click who the three guys or or, or or girls are at the company that you think are really great at this at, at this yeah. skill, and do it for each of the ten or twenty skills that, that you came up with." Bottom line, identify who's great at what. Um, you can send that survey around to the salespeople, figure, figure it out, figure out who's good at what, and then put them under a microscope and like try to learn why, what, what is it about Jessica that makes her so great at, at negotiation, closing deals for you know, without giving up a lot of margin. How, how, why why does she have better margins on her sales than everybody else? What, what is she doing? Is it something she's doing early on? is it establishing value really well? Is it, you know, she has a a, a winning personality in negotiations, what, what is it that is making her successful here, figure it out, and then have her teach everyone else in the organization um, how she does that skill, like enable her to take a leadership role on that specific skill and, you know, put together a, a presentation and a, you know, it can preferably hands-on for most things in sales where she actually like shows them how she does it and they get to practice it. Um, but have had make her in charge of, of teaching that thing that she's great at. And and people often respond really well to learning from their peers because they, they know this person's really good at it. And, you know, where yeah. the rubber yeah. it's, meets the road. Person's it's different respected. than exactly. yes. Yeah. So that's a, it's a great way to really, uh, up-level everyone's skills, but for very specifically for you, the, the skills that are important for your company and the skills found somewhere in the team. And, and you may find, wow, nobody's good at this one thing, but it really would be great if we were, and that's a great time to, you know, go, go out to the market and hire an expert who, who, uh, who, you know, there's, there's, if it's negotiation that you're having troubles with, yeah. there's, there's people that are experts in negotiation training You can gotcha. you can hire them to come in and, and, and they can, they can, make the team better at it gotcha
0: no man that what a great concept right it's almost like you're putting an engineering approach really to to figuring out uh the skill sets of your team and then and then how to duplicate it and really you know i mean you could almost take this to any position within your company where you have multiple people and um apply as well
1: yeah any time you have you know this certainly works for engineering teams it's certainly you know any, any team where there's a bunch of people doing kind of the same thing Um, Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, man. Awesome. So, you know, a couple, a couple uh, softball questions just to see, um, you know, provide some value for folks. What what do you think is the biggest failure that you had in in your journey as
1: CEO at Badger that you learned um, from? That's one of your softballs. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I think one of the more challenging things, uh, really understanding debt and equity, and um, you know, I, I okay. you know, not spinning not spinning my wheels, but like you know, figuring out what to uh, you know what what's the best fit for us. Who who are the best providers? Um, there's definitely a bunch of gotchas in this industry that, you know, a lot of people learn the hard way. Um, mm. but, uh, you know, so we're, we're a bootstrapped company, uh, figuring out the debt market was, was certainly challenging. The debt market for software companies is, is, you know, yeah. a little different than if you're Very complex. Yeah, it's tricky because you're not dealing with regular players in the debt market because Mm. um, we don't actually have collateral, right? If you're in the real estate, if you're looking for a piece of real estate debt, it's, you've got, you've got collateral. I mean, I I don't have anything, you know, I've got some, I've got some mice and some, you know, microphones (laughs) and some Yeah, there's no assets for, yeah. Yeah. And so figuring out like, so, so a, a traditional like bank provider, for example, wouldn't wouldn't work. But I've probably I've probably raised like six million in debt over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there's a there's a bunch of gotchas and things that I've learned along the way. So like yeah. debt with short payback periods can be dangerous. Um, you know, if it's if you get a year if a piece of debt for that's a year long and then you spend the money and uh then and with the expectation that you, they're going to keep renewing the debt with you mm. um because a lot of a lot of debt facilities are kind of regularly renewing mm. but you know if the economy hits the skids which you know we, we don't control that uh they they can they can lock up right mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or you know really raise their rates thing you know etc but they if if you go to them and you're like okay I'm uh, ready for my, my annual, my annual injection of $2 million. And they're like, Oh um, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we, we can only give you 500,000 this year. You're like, well, but I pay back the existing debt with other debt because I, I use this as a rolling facility. And they're like, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's an annual facility that we were mm-hmm. renewing. That's different. Mm-hmm. So I that's a gotcha. Yeah. I think there's yeah. a bunch of covenants that can get, can get tricky, you know, restricting the business in different ways. Making you keep a certain amount of liquidity, money in the bank, basically. Like if if someone's going to loan you a million bucks, but you got to keep a half million bucks in the bank, they've really really loaned you a half million bucks, but you're just paying for a million. Um, You know, minimum covenants around EBITDA or MRR that, uh, you know, if you don't keep, they can jack up the rates or demand that you pay back faster, things like that. So very complex, yeah field. And, and, and complexity, I think is another issue. Yeah. I mean, they, it's, it's, there's a lot of BS in FinTech and lending, you know, figuring out, you know, that people present loans in many different ways. And, you know, really a loan is like, you think about a loan on a house, right? There's a mm-hmm. term on a house. You know, mm-hmm. It's a, this is a 30 year 4% mortgage, right? Yeah. Really all more, all debt. You could boil down to that. You can boil it down to an APR, but it's they a lot of times you'll go to get business loans because it's not a really regulated space. Like consumers are very protected, at sure, least in sure. America. Businesses, not so much. Yeah. businesses, they it's kind of it's it's not really a regulated industry to, to a large degree. They can charge a ton, they can have a ton of hidden fees, they can yeah. um and, and, and they can present the loan in a lot of ways where you're like, wait, that's not if if it's not the same as a home loan, then you then something you can con you can convert it to that. It just, it takes a little, little, uh, little math, Mm. um, penalties and prepayments and fee prepayment fees and, you know, things that make it so you can't recap them, like bring in another lender to pay them off and bring in someone else. When, if someone else has a better loan, um, things like that are all things to watch out for. So I, I think those are, those are some key, um, challenges failures and sure. and, and other yeah. otherwise hard learned lessons that i've seen yeah. over the years is how did you hire
0: uh oh sorry we didn't mean to interrupt you i was just gonna ask no. did you like bring on a a professional to help you in this area like a consultant to help you navigate this
1: no no but i i I uh, you could definitely do that i i kind of figured it out over the years but um yeah, yeah. but but i mean i think that there, there is you can certainly. Um, there are certainly CFOs for. I mean, we. I just. When you're a smaller company, you don't have. When I was first doing this, you don't have. Uh, you a, don't have access. Some. Yeah. yeah, you don't have a CFO in your team. You don't have a. Yeah, you know, director sure. of finance. You don't have. You don't have anyone doing finance. So maybe you have a bookkeeper that'll do this. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, but totally. yeah, if you're at a, at a larger company, a CFO would do this, or a VP finance, or someone, someone like that. But uh, and and they're probably versed in a lot of this stuff already. Now, yeah. in, in our industry, um, it's the the industry's really matured over the last few years, and and so there's you know so there's lenders now that like are that, that have really made this a lot easier and taken a lot of the complexity out of it. We use a company called Founder Path for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. So, um, a question for you. So we're getting towards the end of, the, of our time together. Uh, a question I always like to ask uh, Stephen yeah. is you're going to hire a CEO to take the yeah. reins for your company, yeah. what is the one book that you would require he or she
1: read before taking over for you? Hmm. What a pleasant and yet difficult concept. <laughs> <laughs> um No, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's definitely tough to pass the reins on something like this. I mean, of course. It, it, and I, I think depending on the person, right, a lot of times people start companies but they were the right person to get it out of the out of the gates and get it going but they're probably not the right person to run it once it's at scale um but uh yeah but you know maybe impossible to inevitable by jason lemkin okay that's and that's obviously very focused on the software industry but um that's that's an important one i think the 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 high-tech ceo yeah, that covers a lot of things. For okay. specifically, if awesome. you're in software, I think that's yeah. that's the one that I'd want to make sure we could uh, we could discuss what was on page eighty three.
0: Uh, well, cool. I'm sure there's going to be some uh, some high tech or software uh, uh, CEO that's going to thank you for for referring that book to him. So uh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, Steve, it was awesome having you on the show, man. Uh, you covered you know so many just great nuggets. I mean, we talked about the importance of market research, uh, your value proposition not just when you start the company but but making sure you don't go off course as you grow your your ideal customer target profile your geographies um as a CEO the importance of you know keeping that thumb on your sales reps and and parachuting in for the big deals and and you know what my favorite was was cloning your best reps I, I think that's something that, Right away, every sales manager, every CEO, VP of sales can take and, and instantly put into place. We didn't, even, we didn't even get into psychometric stuff, but uh, yeah, that, that that is awesome. And understanding debt to equity, just, just great stuff there. Um, if there was one takeaway that you would really want the audience to absorb, Steve, what would that be?
1: Um, from what we've talked about today, um, yeah, be careful with debt. But also be care- really careful with equity.
0: <laughs> True, <laughs> um, right? Can be just as dangerous. Just as
1: dangerous, <laughs> if not more. Um, more, really. It's really more. But uh, one takeaway, you know, I I think, uh, you know, if I were if I were going to give someone a takeaway, and they were, you know, a, a CEO, the the advice that I really could have used was more, you know. It, Focusing on your ideal customer, figuring out who that is, really understanding them, really getting inside of their head, yeah. knowing their business back and forth, and um, then just finding a bunch of people like them that you also solve the same problem is a really, really valuable thing. And, and it's just, it's it. there are certain paths that have a much, it's a much easier path. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you can do this the hard way or the easy way. And it's, it's always better to do it the easy way.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's a great takeaway. And uh, Steve, if uh, any of our listeners wanted to reach out and get a hold of you either to use Badger Mapping in their company for sales or for any questions uh, regarding your CEO experience, uh, how would they do that?
1: Well, if they're interested in Badger Maps and want to learn about that, um, I would definitely say just go to the website and and check it out. Learn more about it. We've got a free trial. We've got, you know, all the resources there to kind of see all the things that it does and all the ways it creates value. And what is the website? uh, badger mapping.com. Awesome. Um, and then if you're looking for me, LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. Cool. Uh, just look up Steve Benson, badger maps. I'll pop right up. Um, but that's, I, 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 although, although LinkedIn has become a mountain of work to keep on top of, I do, I do keep on top of it.
0: It, it is there's uh, hopefully someday they're going to, you know, mod- upgrade the the messaging, uh, capabilities in there.
1: Yeah. It, it it seems like it'd be pretty easy to do that, but I, I I know I'm a little surprised, right? With,
0: with the direction the company's going. So, uh, but, but again, Hey, Steve, uh, thanks again for being on the show. Uh, And for listeners, please hit like, and subscribe and and help us spread the word about the show and what we're doing here. Again, the the goal is to help up and coming leaders and managers and CEOs bypass the learning curves, accelerate profits, and just create that high performance organization. With that, this is Patrick Rogers, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to another episode of the High Performance CEO Podcast with your host, Patrick Rogers. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out our main website at patrickvrogers.com for much more valuable information and free
1: resources.